no glory for the pain of heart. We all stars, win or lose, we don't play the part. And when the goal getting tough, I get to going hard. You bring your best and you know I'ma tear them apart. We made it survival, survival. I ain't got no time for anyone who ain't put in the work that I do. You ain't heard about a stick, I'm gonna remind you. I've been out here doing what I say, it's what defines you. This is our time, hands to the sky. You already know I ain't gotta tell them why. Tell them why this is our house. What is up, rundown listeners? I am your can't believe what I'm about to hear co host, Ben Peterson, alongside probably one of the craziest uh, takes that I've ever ended a podcast episode with co host, Justin Tavner. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, I am wearing sunglasses and a different hat than normal because I'm trying to disguise myself to not be associated with that take. So Justin, uh, <laughs> why don't I, uh, why don't we just, uh, I'm going to take these off now and get, get serious here, but why don't we start where we picked up? So for those of you who did not listen to our last episode, the bonus episode that I posted, Justin here had the take that Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback. And I wanted to give you the a floor here to defend yourself. So, Justin, uh, why? <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, like you said, uh, last week, you know, you gave my third hot take. Mahomes is a system quarterback. I uh, just wanted to give some insight as to, you know, why I think that. Um, firstly, you know, I do want to say that I, I, you know, I do think that he is a fantastic quarterback. And he's, he's you know, he, he's a good player. You know, I'm not going to sit here and take anything away from him. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's he's not a good football player. That's not what I'm trying to say, okay? Uh, I'm simply just trying to say that I think that he is a product of what has been around him. Um, so, uh, firstly, he is the greatest offensive head coach in the league right now and maybe ever. He greatly benefits from that. Secondly, he has a tight end in Travis Kelsey that will be a Hall of Fame tight end when his career is over. Travis Kelsey is also considered one of the best tight ends to ever touch a football field. I don't think anybody would argue that. He is, at the absolute worst, top three. Um, he greatly benefits from that. Thirdly, through the first four years of his career, Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek Hill on his team. I'm excluding 2017, obviously, because he only played one game, so, you know. Whatever. Uh, Tyreek is widely regarded as a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, and this year, he's probably number one, and it's not close. In those four years with Tyreek, Mahomes averaged a 66.1% uh, completion percentage, uh, 4,676 yards per season, 37 touchdowns per season, and nine interceptions per season. He greatly benefited from having Tyreek on his team. Fourthly, he had Eric Bieniemy his entire career, obviously until this year when uh, Eric Bieniemy went to the Commanders to be their offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy's offense in Washington, while it isn't great, has led to Sam Howell leading the league in pass attempts and, until recently, passing yards. He's now seventh. Mahomes greatly benefited from having Eric Bieniemy uh, be his offensive coordinator. Mahomes' numbers last year were great, and, you know, he threw for 5,000 yards, over 5,000 yards, and 41 touchdowns. He won an MVP. 
Um, you know, that was without Tyreek, but still had Eric the enemy. Uh, he only threw 12 interceptions that year. This year, however, he is on pace for less than 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. His 264 passing yards this year, 264 yards per game, sorry, is on track to be the worst mark of his career. He is averaging 1.76 touchdowns this year. That is the worst mark of his career. And he is averaging almost an interception per game, which would be the worst mark of his career. So my reasoning for all of this is that if you take a quarterback that demands the most money the NFL has ever seen, 10-year, $500 million contract, and you are unable to surround him with talented pieces, this is the product that we're getting. He is unable to elevate his teammates like we see other quarterbacks doing and like we have seen other quarterbacks uh, have done in the past. You take away his offensive coordinator and he is throwing more more interceptions and passing for less yards and less touchdowns than he ever has in his career. So, all of that being said, that is the reason why I think that Mahomes is a system quarterback. Would you like to give a take on that or are you just going to let it be? So, I... I want to say, <clears throat> I do. I mean, per that argument, you could call every quarterback in history a system quarterback. I disagree because Tom Brady was throwing to. <laughs> I, I mean, so his last like three or four years outside of Gronk, who the hell was he throwing to? A ninety-year-old Julian Edelman. He still led him to Super Bowls. Right. I mean, I, I know this season is over. Argument could be made that their defense helped in that too. Uh, you, you win a, you win a he also, I mean, he had he had a he had a defensive head coach. Mahomes has an offensive coach. Sure, um, you know, so we'll we'll leave that point for now. My big pushback here, um, I do agree that he benefited from the pieces around him. I mean, I can't I can't disagree with you there. I mean, you give you give a generational quarterback weapons like that, and he's going to put up ungodly numbers. Uh, so you know, you said Mahomes last year, which he, was his first year without Tyreek. He threw for 5,000-plus yards, 41 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Uh, I don't care how good your offensive coordinator is. I don't care how good the pieces around you are. You still have to have some sort of talent to be able to put up those kind of numbers. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying I I don't think that we should consider him a generational talent anymore. I mean, the man— Because without those pieces, we're seeing what's happening. He's— Honestly, I, I think he's been an average quarterback this year specifically. Well, okay, let's let's think about that then. So last year he had those numbers, right? No Tyreek Hill. He did have Eric Bieniemy, but his receiving core was exactly the same, with the exception of he had Juju Smith-Schuster instead of Rashi Rice. Uh, Juju has been god awful in New England. I mean, he single-handedly has lost them at least two games. Um. The Chiefs this year, meanwhile, lead the league in drops, and it's not particularly close. I mean, we have seen countless clips of Mahomes hitting his receivers in the hands. He Kadarius Tony had another just horrendous play in this game uh, that they just played where Mahomes hits him in the hands, he catches it, and then goes, and it lands right in the clutches of the New England defender for an interception. So, like, if they catch these passes, you know, 
Mahomes is on pace for, I think, what was like 4,400, something like that, that I saw like 4,430, somewhere around there. Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. I mean, you got to think, like several of these, I mean, MVS has dropped a couple like like that would have been 40, 50-yard touchdowns that hit him in the hands and he didn't catch it or stuff like that. So all I'm saying is like, yeah, I'm not, and I'm not disagreeing that Mahomes isn't having a good year because I don't, I don't think he's played particularly well this year either. But it, you know, if they catch these passes, Mahomes is close to last year in terms of numbers. It's just a fact. You catch 33 more passes, you know, we're we're having a completely different conversation. Kansas City is also probably undefeated or damn close to it <laughs> if they catch all of these passes so like Fair enough. I, I know we get mad about chris collinsworth and tony romo and all them too who as you said so eloquently a couple weeks ago uh meat ride patrick mahomes <clears throat> there is a reason for it i mean we've seen the dude sideways you know falling down make the sidearm throws like there there are throws and stuff that he make that he can make that not many people on this earth can make. And I think that is what elevates him to that generational quarterback tier instead of a system. Like I'm not disagreeing that the system helps him be great because it's hard to not be great when you've got Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, but you also can't tell me that if you put, uh, let's think, Hmm, let's see, let's put, uh, you know, Nick Mullins behind center. They're not going to look as good as they did with Mahomes, even with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. You know, you put, uh, you know, I don't know, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, stuff like that. With like, like at their current level, you put them with that receiving core, they're not making the playoffs. Like the fact that the fact that the Chiefs have done what they have, I think, is partly because of how good Mahomes is. He he is able to elevate his teammates to. I mean, they were in conversations for the one seed until recently. Um, and I know he's had some mistakes, but again, it's it's one of those where I think the elevating of his teammates where it doesn't show off as much as it did when he had those weapons because the elevation of his teammates is just winning them games that they wouldn't normally win. This is also a different offense than they were when they had Tyreek. This is much more of a true, like, you're winning 27-24 games instead of having games you're blowing people out because they're just not the explosive offense they were. Um, so I don't know. I, I understand your points. Like I'm not, not, not calling you stupid, nothing like that, but I just, I don't know that we can go to the level of system quarterback where I will agree with you is that they are going to have to figure something out as far as putting stuff around him, whether they pay somebody too much or whatever. Um, because it ain't going to be good if <laughs> they have to keep with the current. Like, I don't I don't trust a single man on that roster outside of – I like Rasheed Rice. I think he's going to be a pretty solid receiver. Um, but, I mean, Travis Kelsey's not getting any younger. Yeah, and unfortunately with how much money that, you know, Mahomes is being paid, I think it's going to be tough to surround him with with better pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, you know – they had to save money somewhere, and unfortunately for him, it's the wide receiver core, and they had to go get Kadarius Tony, who the Giants <laughs> didn't even want him. Like, yeah. like I don't know, the, the, I don't, like I don't the know Giants that, didn't even want him. I don't know that Kadarius Tony wants him, let alone exactly anybody else. Like, <laughs> all right, you can just you all, you and I also can testify, like with the way we play in like video games and stuff, that whenever you are frustrated 
you play bad. And I can tell this year specifically, especially with the drops, Patrick Mahomes is not able to shake that off and play through it as much as he used to. Because uh, I've seen more, him throw more helmets this year than I've ever seen him throw in my life. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, um, yeah. No, I'm. I, like I said, I just wanted to give you the uh, opportunity to explain that take, um, and then kind of kind of push back a little bit. Um, I don't I don't hate it, but I I, I can't agree with it. <laughs> so fair enough. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on into the breaking news. Um, got two things for you here. Well, really one, and then it's going to just kind of lead right into the rundown roast because um, the the rundown roast this week should not shock anyone. Uh, we have our first repeat champion of this prestigious award. But first, uh, Desmond Ritter has been benched once again for uh, Taylor Heineke, who will get the start this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I don't know that anyone is really shocked about this. Um, I don't think Desmond Ritter is the guy. You know, I think... Yeah, it sucks, because, I mean, he's a, he's a Cincinnati kid. So, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him, but... At the end of the day, I just don't think he's. Uh, and to be fair, I think I think coming out of college, it's, you know, being a being a backup is probably what his career should have been. I will say too, uh, to defend him a little bit more, it is rather difficult to be a good quarterback whenever you have a dysfunctional group like the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons they're not good. I don't, I don't think there's any sugarcoating that. They're only in contention for a playoff spot because they're in the NFC South, which is just garbage. Um, you know, I think De- Desmond Ritter, I think what hurt him is being thrown into the fire like he was. I think he could. If I also he, think their, their head coach is garbage. Our, Archer, Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith, there, there we go, <laughs> is just trash. I mean, you have Bijan Robinson who is supposed to, I mean, you drafted him in the first round, you think you'd use him. Yeah. You have Kyle Pitts, who we were, you know, was touted as a generational tight end. And Jonu Smith is catching more passes than, than Kyle Pitts is. Titans legend. What are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know, you should know, so Arthur Smith and Dan Campbell, they, they, they get their knowledge from the same place where you draft a running back really high and then don't use them. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs <clears throat> as a yeah and then of course the week that I benched Jameer Gibbs because he hadn't done anything he goes off for 25 but anyway uh yeah no it sucks that Arthur Smith is not a good head coach because he was honestly a pretty good offensive coordinator for the Titans I mean he was the OC during the uh AFC championship run we had a few years back um and you know it just it sucks seeing that uh I think that as far as uh, Desmond Ritter goes, had he been able to sit behind, honestly, like a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Herbert, you know, a good quarterback, if he'd been able to sit behind them for a couple years, you know, learn, and then get a shot at starting, I'm not saying he would be great, because I just don't see that in him, but I think that he would have had a better debut in the NFL. <laughs> I just don't I I just don't see starting caliber quarterback in him at this point. Yeah, I just don't. Um, you know, I I know this isn't really a topic, but I think I think a good trade would be uh Justin Fields to the Falcons. 
Yeah, we've discussed that on here we before. Have, we have, and I think that I still like that because I think that Justin Fields with those weapons around him, because I mean, I mean, B. John Robinson's a great running back, and Kyle Pitts, when he is utilized and is actually, you know, doing things, seems to be pretty solid. So, um, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, and then our second breaking news story. Um, Actually, you know, before I get into the roast, I did see earlier Aaron Rodgers announced he's not coming back this year, which, uh, shocker to just everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, who would want to come back to that dumpster fire? I, it's been 14 weeks since he tore his Achilles, and I just, I don't know any realm, even with the speed bridge procedure that has, like, made things faster, I just don't know any realm in which it would have ever been realistic for him to be back on a football field playing NFL football in the same season he tore it. Like, I, I don't know, and I understand, like, this is the second time now that he's been, like, you know, take that modern medicine, but, like, I, I just, I, I really just think he said all of that for show and to kind of give the Jets something hopeful to play for, but I, I don't, I don't know why this is, like, breaking shocking news to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then last but not least, um, our final story, and this is just going to lead right into the rundown roast because who else could it be? The Los Angeles Chargers have fired head coach Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco following their 63-21 to loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. So, this now moves us into the rundown roast. The Chargers. All right, now moving <laughs> on to the recap. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, let's look at the situation, shall we? Justin Herbert, out for the year. General manager, head coach, fired. Honestly, head coach fired two years too late. Uh, defense, awful. Offense, awful? Question mark? They should, like, the, th- the thing that's weird about the Chargers is they are an offense that with, with their pieces, obviously, you know, they've got Easton Stick as their quarterback. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, let's not act like we're talking about Mahomes out there, but this is a team that should be putting up 30 to 40 points a game. If you have a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Mike Williams, a healthy Austin Eckler, healthy Justin Herbert, like everything that you've been told about that offense, they should be putting up 30 points a game. But they are like, having consistent games where they go out there and score like 12 <laughs> 13 6 <laughs> their highest scoring games are like losing to the Titans where they score 24 or you know losing to the Raiders where you score 21 like it's just i i genuinely don't i don't know what else to say about this team like they are inexcusably bad and in a way that makes no sense to me They made Aiden O'Connell look like Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson put into one. <laughs> like, I think he had, what, five touchdowns? Uh, four. Four? And then he had, like, 400 yards of passing or something like that? Like, Yeah, something I'm, stupid. Like, I'm sorry, the Raiders have definitely bounced back a little bit this year from what they started. What are we talking about? 
The Chargers managed to have a loss this season that was worse than the Broncos getting beaten 70-20. Because at least in the Broncos situation, they were in Miami and going up against Tua and Tyreek. Right. They and like, up, that, that, like the Dolphins yeah. have an explosive offense. The Raiders have... Aiden O'Connell. Who? <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about? At least the Dolphins are a playoff team. The Raiders are going to be drafting top 10. Yeah. What are we talking about? Like, genuinely, I just... The Chargers should be ashamed of themselves because they are wasting the prime of potentially the best quarterback they've ever had. I mean, I know Phillip Rivers, obviously, is that currently. But... I mean, with I think Justin Herbert is more talented as far as throwing the football than Phillip Rivers. Or at least has that potential. But I just what like what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like that that's generally like that's the entire roast. That's all I wrote down because I, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I just the Chargers became the first team in rundown history to win the uh, rundown roast award twice in one season. So, <laughs> and and the Patriots are a team. <laughs> I mean, hell, the Patriots have actually looked somewhat serviceable at points this season. I mean, until the Chiefs, you know, remember they were the better team and won the game. I mean, the Patriots were up ten to three at one point. They were up ten to nothing. Like, what? <laughs> I think it actually was only 10 to 3. I don't think it was 10 to nothing, but still. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that I just, I I don't have anything else to say. The, run, the Chargers are genuinely not going to win another roast award for the rest of this season because I'm not going to talk about them again. They don't deserve to be talked about. No, like genuinely, that's worse. <laughs> if you're bad enough, <laughs> you don't deserve the rundown roast award. That's bad. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the recaps. Um, so, the Bengals scored 21 points in the fourth. Um, they went into overtime and they beat the, I think it was Nick Mullins, right? Leading the Vikings? Yep. And they beat the Nick Mullins-led yep. Vikings in overtime at 27-24 to on Saturday, which was just odd because I saw that the I got an ESPN notification that the Bengals game was starting and I, I just didn't pay attention to the fact that there were Saturday games <laughs> this past weekend. So I saw that and I was like, Am I missing church right now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I play on Saturday again this week, too. I don't, I don't like it. Anyway, Justin, I'm going to let you start out here. Um, what, were, what were your takeaways from your suddenly very relevant team? Uh, yeah, dude, I thought this was a massive win. I mean, this might be a top five win in Bengals history. And we won five playoff games and went to a Super Bowl. Like, this might be a top five win in Bengals history, given what they had to do. They were without Jamar. T. Higgins finally proved why he deserved to be paid. Yeah, I actually saw him out there. Um, I actually saw him out there for once. Yeah, dude, for real. Um, it just felt like there were so many individuals who stepped up collectively to make just game changing plays. I mean, who was it? Was it I think it was BJ Hill. Picked off Nick Mullins <laughs> while he was sitting on his ass. He was sitting well, that's because, on the turf. That's because Nick Mullins was on his butt and said, Kobe! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he was sitting down. Uh, and caught an interception. Like, insanity. Um, 
you know, Trey Hendrickson now sits with 15 sacks on the season, and he just broke his own Bengals record from last year. And I, th- I think he needs to be talked about more. You know, I, I don't think he's like defensive player of the year, but he's only a sack away from being tied with TJ Watt. Which is a like, big name to be And TJ Watt's widely, I know, <laughs> TJ Watt's like widely considered one of the one of the best pass rushers in the league, if not the best, if not, you know, top five ever. Like that, that is how good TJ Watt is considered. Yeah, TJ Watt is breaking records and, that his brother JJ Watt set, and JJ Watt is widely regarded as one of the best pass rushers ever, so... Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, he's I, a big deal. I, I'm not saying Trey Hendrickson is as good as him, but I think they should be talked about in the same conversation at least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's just super underrated. Um, you know, honestly, Jake Browning through the first three quarters was... Eh. Was he at the game in the um, quarters? I don't know. I kind of felt like we had Adrian McCarron out there for the first three quarters. Bengals legend. Uh, but in the fourth quarter in overtime, he went for 12... He went 12 <laughs> of 16 for over 170 yards and two touchdowns. Like to put that in perspective, he, he has like, been. That's like Zach Wilson's second best total game. <laughs> like Jake Browning has been fantastic. Like just a huge surprise. Oh yeah. Um, and the emotion that he showed after the game, saying you never should have cut never me. Ever <laughs> me. Like, dude, I love oh, that. Dude, I lo- awesome. show the emotion. I love it. And as a backup quarterback, you kind of got to have like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You know, you sat, you got cut by Minnesota three times and you come in and you play them and you do that. Like dude's got, dude's got the dog in him. I mean, uh, (laughs) Joe Mixon now moves into third all time in Bengals history for rushing touchdowns. And he's been a huge factor of this team's success recently. Um, you know, being able to to rely on him in these second and shorts, third and shorts, you know, down near the goal line, and, and being able to rely on him to pick up those yards is just uh, it, it's massive. And you know, and then and then you pair in Chase Brown, who's becoming more and more relevant, and he's a, such a dynamic pass catcher that you know it's taken a little bit of a, a load off of <clears throat> off of Mixon's shoulders so that he doesn't have to touch the ball 25 times a game and he can be that power running back. And, and you know, Chase Brown can kind of be that, you know, make you miss. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, as for Minnesota, I thought this was a rough loss for them. Uh, you know, you're up 17-3 going into the fourth quarter and your defense essentially quit. I, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no two ways like, about that. Your defense just went to the locker room. They were like, we won this game, baby. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> the game's only three quarters, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but you know now you have to win a bunch of games to stay in the hunt, and you got Nick Mullins at quarterback. You know it. I, I think they can maybe sneak in, but you know I, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah, they got really unlucky. You, that, they got really unlucky that Josh Dobbs became the astronaut without the, without a P. Um, yeah, yeah, the Lynn Sanity run is over. Yeah, um, I hate it because I really like Josh Dobbs' story, but man uh yeah on minnesota um i I assume you're done i assumed you were letting me yeah okay no you're good cool cool cool. um on minnesota i think at this point it's 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 hard to really see a path forward i mean obviously if they if they make the playoffs they're a one and done they're not they're not beating philly they're not beating 
you know, Dallas. They're not beating the Lions. Sorry, I had to think of, <laughs> I had to think of who the other division would be. Hey, good champ. <laughs> um, I mean, they probably are beating the the Falcons if they're the ones that win that division, but they're not going to beat the Buccaneers. And, I mean, you got to think they're going to match up at best. They're going to be the fifth seed, but they – I mean, they're not going to be this fifth seed. They'd be at best the sixth They're not going to be five. Yeah, they. so they would match up against, you know, Philly slash Dallas or um, um, the Lions, and they're not beating them. So this was just a rough loss. I feel like, <clears throat> you know, this was a rough loss, and to me, I think that the Vikings, despite the feel-good story that Josh Dobbs was, I think we're about to see a rough uh, next couple of years um, because I think – the people in the building were ready to move on from Kirk Cousins as far as, like, the administrators and everybody go, like the owner, GM. So I don't know that you re-sign Kirk. I mean, I would. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's, like, one of the best quarterbacks they've ever had as a franchise. But, um, you know, I I think that they are ready to move on from Kirk Cousins if they move on from Kirk Hey, Cousins. they had 72-year-old Brett Favre. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um. But, you know, if they lose Kirk Cousins, I think Justin Jefferson's gone. Justin Jefferson might be gone anyway, but if they lose Kirk Cousins, I mean, he and, he and uh, Justin Jefferson are tight. Like, they're really cool. So, like, I think they lose Kirk. They lose Jay Jettas. And if you lose Justin Jefferson, what what are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just, like I said, this just really feels like one of those – losses that kind of shuts the door on any potential Vikings playoff window. Uh, it's kind of a sad way to see it go out. You know, you'd, you'd like to see the Kirk Cousins chapter in Minnesota have ended a little better. Um, obviously, there's nothing official, but I just don't see a world in which he's back. You know, I was listening to Colin Coward today, and he proposed a trade of or maybe I, I, don't, I don't i think kirk's a free agent anyway um of kirk cousins going to seattle i mean you got to think seattle has a good team like they they got their tight ends they have their running backs they have a good o-line they have a great defense they have the weapons well they the will, only thing that is missing have, is a quarterback the, the only thing that's missing is a quarterback and uh dk metcalf's desire to not go to jail um well yeah because <laughs> he's deal. just <laughs> um but no i mean but i mean it, it, like if they're a quarterback away and they get kirk cousins i don't hate that i don't hate it either I, um, like, you know kirk cousins is kind of the definition of like game manager right like he is like perfect if everything is going well he can play lights out and honestly until he got hurt he was having one of those seasons that you know, if he continues that the entire season, he could have potentially been in, like, at least MVP talks. Like, he was genuinely yeah. playing that well. Um, So I just, I hate to see him get hurt like that, but I think him and, like, I, I mean, I, I like it. I think him and Seattle would be really great. Um, I'm trying to think of some other teams that could use a quarterback. I mean, that also have decent weapons. I mean, honestly, him and Atlanta wouldn't be too bad. I say because you're talking about Kirk, who's 34, 35. Yeah. I mean, he's getting up there. So you know, you got to think he's only got maximum three or four years left. 
you know, in, in his quote unquote prime. Right. And, you know, I'm sure he wants to go to a team that's able, you know, you know, may, probably not a Super Bowl winning team, but a, a team that like is a quarterback away, which Seattle feels like that. Um, yeah, I think Atlanta would feel like that. I think they have good good pieces. Mm-hmm. The only other question um, that I would have about Atlanta would be like their defense has been, yeah, it's been hit or miss. Like it's been really great one week, and then they have a defense on the field. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I think, which obviously I think, like you said, I think he is a free agent now. And I think Jay Jettas is too, if I'm not mistaken. He will be. So at the end of the season, Minnesota is looking at potentially their two best pieces, like unquestioned their two best pieces, just walking away in the off season. Yeah. It's not a, not a great spot to be in. Do you um, have anything on the Bengals? No, I didn't actually. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got having cool. <laughs> to, to sum up your fourth quarter and overtime, I've got one word for you. You ready for this? Yep. T. <laughs> Seriously, ah. seriously, I think I think this was a game T. Higgins just desperately needed after an injury-filled up-and-down year. I, He's been, you know, we've been talking all year about how he is a piece that they should have looked to trade potentially because they obviously they can't afford to keep him, Burrow, and um, Jamar Chase. I don't know why I forgot his name. Um, you know, unless one of the two unless one of them is willing to take a pay cut but i think t has solidified himself with that performance is like hey i can have some downtime but i can still be him and i think they needed that i still i love some of the trades that i proposed earlier in the year like i would love a t higgins to you know the titans have cap space um that and they, I think the Titans have the most cap space. They do, and uh, we'll get to this a little later, but they could potentially uh, <clears throat> free up some more room. And um, I think, could you imagine T. Higgins and D. Hop? Be pretty good for Will Levis. Well, assuming you know our O line isn't just a, a a gaping hole like it has been. Well, yeah, yeah. but you yeah. Know, anyway. Um, you know, I think T to New England, assuming they had could have figured out anything, would have been a good potential fit. But now I just I don't I wouldn't send anybody there. I think they're a dumpster fire. Um, honestly, T Higgins to Green Bay would be an interesting fit because <clears throat> you would have T Higgins alongside Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Like you would have that's that's a really solid top three. And two of those guys are still on rookie deals, so, like, you would—I mean—you could afford to pay T and then pay them a couple years down the road. And I mean, I'm, then I think you really find out is Jordan Love the guy or not? Because if you can't make stuff happen with <laughs> T. Higgins, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs, it is time to hang them up, big dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are just a, a couple thoughts there on T. Uh, I thought your defense—I um, thought they played pretty well. Um, I know they gave up 24, but like, thought they stepped up at the end of the game when they needed to, and the rubber needed to meet the road. I thought they stepped up. They kept the Vikings from putting that game away. For what it's worth, I think the Vikings also kind of helped to make sure the Vikings didn't put that game away, but your defense had something to do with that. I thought, like you said, that interception that B.J. Hill had where the ball just kind of fell to him from the heavens was amazing. <laughs> 
But I, did you see the throw that Nick Mullins made that ended up making that interception happen? The dude tried to like shot. Put oh yeah, I mean he, he was he was parallel to the ground and just kind of like threw it directly at BJ Hill's chest while he was sitting down. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what in the world? I was like, what are you? What, like, I, I don't know what Nick Mullins was trying to accomplish yeah, there. Like, that, I guess, point, was he trying to throw it away? Like, at that point, just take, just the, take sack. the sack. Like, I would rather. <laughs> like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna give the ball to the other team, at least make sure you're pulling a Patrick Mahomes and just throwing up a punt or something. Like, make them work for it a little yeah, bit. Or don't just, do, just yeah. or just do, just do like Josh Allen and eat the thing. 60 yards down the field and have it picked off at the 10-yard line. Don't don't just <laughs> right to B.J. Hill. Like, I have no idea what that was. Um, your offense, what I think that this game said about them is that they can overcome a real rough start, which we've seen we've seen previously the Bengals be good at that. I, th- I do think that's one of Zach Taylor's strong suits as a head coach is he is usually pretty good at getting that team – to just settle down and agree or disagree, play to their game plan. We may not always like their game plan, but they do play to it. (laughs) It is is a game plan. (laughs) Um, And I thought that, you know, the offense, they showed up at the end of the game. They remembered that, hey, I'm actually at a game. I should probably do something here. And, you know, Jake Browning, I just – you all, I feel bad for you because I think that Jake Browning is not going to be on your team next year. Is he? Well, whenever he's a free agent, I don't think he's going to be <clears throat> on your team because I think he has absolutely played his way into like a bridge quarterback guy for somebody. Um, if you're if if you're smart and he likes you guys, you sign him as your backup and keep him, but. I just, I, I think he he has absolutely played his way to earning a starting opportunity in the NFL. He's played. Nah, dude. I, I think we need to trade Burrow and you know keep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we just pretend. <laughs> Let's just pretend I didn't say that. On to the Bucks-Packers game. Um, the Buccaneers. Uh, they beat the Packers, thirty-four to twenty. Uh, I don't know how we are expected to show the Packers love when they make Baker Mayfield look like Tom Brady. Um, now, granted, I have always been a lot nicer to Baker than you have. I have always thought that he is a more than capable starting quarterback. I'm, I don't think he is, you know, in that upper tier of quarterbacks like you know Joe Burrow. All, like Mahomes, Al, Josh Allen, all those guys, but I think that he is absolutely more than capable, and I think Cleveland did him very dirty with the way they parted ways with him. <clears throat> um, he threw for 381 yards and four touchdowns in Lambeau, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. I think I read that stat over the weekend. It's at least Bang. the first time in a long time. Um. Yeah, Baker, I mean, he was amazing. I don't, there's no two ways about that. <laughs> if I'm Tampa, I think you ink him to a, a two to three year deal. Like, I think you truly sign him to be your bridge guy because he proved this year. I mean, I know Tampa's not great, but also he's been hurt for some of the year. And the NFC is just wonky right now anyway. Like, their defense is not what it was when Tom Brady was there. 
Um, and that's been their big problem. Like Baker's honestly played pretty well all season when he's been healthy. It's just that their defense has been garbage. Um, I th- like I said, I think he is Tampa's short-term future. Mike Evans, I think, had a had a really great game. Um, I saw this is off topic, but I saw someone suggest that Mike Evans should. I think it might have been Nick Wright that Mike Evans should consider because I think he's a free agent this summer or this offseason, that he should sign with Kansas City. Take, like, a veteran deal, like a team-friendly deal, and go get another ring. Which, hey, I mean, if you're looking to get a ring, there, there are only a handful of teams that you should that you can sign with and be like, I've got a really, really good shot of doing this, and Kansas City is one of them. So, um, as far as the Packers... just when like i you know i was ready to call last week a fluke you know i was ready to i mean you know who'd they play last week the lions uh the giants they lost some Monday night football right they lost on the field goal you know you come off of that game against the chiefs very emotional game you and then you know you get a you get a couple of good wins in a row jordan love plays really well and then all of a sudden you, know, you get the Giants Monday Night Football. That one, honestly, we all probably could have seen that as a trap game. We probably should have seen that as a trap game. And just when I was ready to write that off as a trap game, you come out and do this. <clears throat> just, I... The Packers had a bad game, and they really couldn't afford to have a bad game at this point. But they had a bad game, they lost, and I think this... This is probably one of those things that's going to all but guarantee that they're on the outside looking in when the playoffs roll around. Um, the only thing they're going to benefit from is that the NFC is not great. <laughs> but at this point, they're going to, I mean, at best, they're 9-8, and eight, and I just, I don't, I don't know that that's good enough to make the playoffs. I think one positive you can take from this is that Jordan Love and the younger core of that team, the younger receivers, they have shown that that Jordan Love and that roster could get better. They have room to grow. I don't think that they've reached their potential. I think Jordan Love has shown enough improvement this year to earn a second year of starting. And, I mean, we saw with Aaron Rodgers' first year whenever he took over after Brett Favre. He went 6-10. and 10. So, <clears throat> I mean... Technically speaking, he's better than Aaron Rodgers, assuming they don't lose two more games. <laughs> and even when they, even then, they would win one more game. So, because there's one, there's one more game now. So, um, you know, I think with Jordan Love, one takeaway from this year, even if, even if you don't make the playoffs, is I think he showed enough potential that you at least, you know, you at least take it for another spin next year, and then you find out what you've got i think that they're in a decent position moving forward they kind of know what their needs are and they can draft accordingly and maybe sign like i said a t higgins or something that's more of a veteran presence in that locker room and um, i think that they're in a good position moving forward so what what were your kind of takeaways here uh yeah i mean i'll start out with green bay just because you were talking about them like uh i mean they're they're six and eight with three weeks left and you know, losing these last two games against the teams that you you kind of thought they should be beating, you know, it's tough to swallow for them. 
And, you know, I think essentially by losing these two games that they have kind of played themselves out of the playoffs. And, you know, I think their best course of action would maybe to be to, sh- to shut some people down for this season. I agree. And, re- and regroup for next year. I-, I just don't think that, like, this team is what is one of the youngest, if not the youngest team in the league. I think they, by are, age. I think they are the youngest. I think they are, too. Like, they, like and, and so, you know, I, I think it's hard to be like, oh, you know, this is a failed season for the Packers when you have all of these young guys. Right. And, you know, this is what you're going to get from that. You know, like you, you don't have a veteran presence on that offense. And that, so, you know, I, I don't think it's time to panic in Green Bay just yet because you truly don't know yet. Um, you know, I would love to see them maybe draft another weapon for Jordan Love um, and, you know, just continue bolstering that offensive line. And honestly, I would I would really love to see them draft a more reliable running back um, just because I don't know if A.J. Dillon and an aging Aaron Jones is, is getting it done for them. Yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't been impressed there. <laughs> no. Um, so, you know, I think Jordan Love has kind of been hurt by his lack of a running game. Yeah, he definitely um, has because he's been asked to do way too much. And yeah. to his credit, he's he's risen to the occasion on several times. But, I mean, <clears throat> he also, unfortunately, is young. And, <laughs> well, you, you don't always do that, especially. What you're going to get. Yeah. Um, um, as for the Bucks, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say I'm not a huge fan of Baker. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that. You know, what he, what he did. What he did at Oklahoma and, you know, the attitude that he had. All right, get out of here. (laughs) Uh, You know, the the attitude that he had coming out of college and the way that he acted in his first couple years in Cleveland, it just wasn't for me. Um, You know, but to his credit, you know, he he has found a way to to reinvent himself and, you know, become this ultra-efficient quarterback. He's limited the turnovers and, you know, he's on multiple times, you know, put his team in winning a case, or winning situations. And, you know, it's it's really tough to see this team not win the NFC South, just given how bad that division is. And, you know, if, you know, uh, they're, they're going to get the four seed. I don't think they have a shot to, to do anything and, you know, uh, you know, pass Detroit. But, so they get, they, get, they get the four seed. They're probably going to end up playing either Dallas or Philly, whoever loses that division. Given the way that Philly's playing right now, and given the way that Dallas plays on the road, I think this team could make some noise in the playoffs. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say I, I'm not gonna sit here and pencil in, oh, they're gonna beat those teams. But I, you know, I'm not gonna be shocked if if they did, just given the state of those other two teams in those situations. All right, hit or hit. So, that's it. All right, hit or miss part four. All right. We don't we don't need to write that down. <laughs> That's not one of my hot takes. No, so it's just, not. You know, throwing it out there. Um, so kind of one final, one final thought uh, on the the Packers, um, and Bucks game is that this is now for the Packers. One one bright side that you can take away too is that most all of their losses this season have been close. This is tied for their second. This is tied for their worst loss of the season. They lost to the Bucks thirty four twenty, and then they lost to the Lions thirty four twenty, and we and uh, we. To, uh, four, but all of their losses they lost to the Falcons 25-24 you know they lost to the Broncos 19-17 they lost to the Raiders 
Uh, you lose to, I mean, the Vikings was 24-10, but I mean, that's still only 14 points. Uh, you lose to the Steelers 23-19. You know, you lose to the Giants 24-22. And it came down to the last play. A lot of that's just due to immaturity, right? They're young, like we said. And I think you get a little bit more age, a little bit more maturity, a little bit more experience. And I, I think we could potentially be seeing the Packers in the next couple of years kind of do what the Vikings did last year, where you start to win a lot of these close one-score games, and suddenly we go from all oh, the Packers are outside looking in to are the Packers kind of like a sneaky good team? Because, <clears throat> you know, I think... We have been very critical of Jordan Love, but we've also given him his flowers um, on this podcast, and I just I want to kind of take a step back and just look at it for what it is, is he's basically a rookie, like starting. I know he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for three years, but I think we've increasingly seen from Aaron Rodgers that he is not exactly the most helpful with younger guys. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, he basically is his in his first year, and... I think he's one, he's going to be one of those players that maybe doesn't shine immediately, but I think could grow into something good. And so I think if you're the Packers, like I said, you just kind of you kind of keep pushing it down the road a little bit and see what you got. Yep. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> I had to I went back and looked up the score to our next game because I just I, again just needed to make sure that I was reading that right. So the uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, kindly invited the Cowboys to their football practice and uh, just absolutely ran them over. Uh, they won 31-10. to 10. My thoughts on the Bills are that they are absolutely playing like every single game their lives depend on it because let's look at it for what it is. Every single game their playoff lives depend on it. If they can win their next three they win their division because that means they beat Miami for the division. And so, yeah, you know, this Buffalo team was dead to rights earlier this year. And they have three, three, four weeks ago, they have found themselves. Um, I was cracking up at Josh Allen saying like, he felt like the kid who did nothing in the group project and still got an A. I was cr- cracking up at that um i hear your dog is giving us some analysis as well <laughs> yeah it's all good um, she's not happy <laughs> well I, she's just not a bills fan is what it is um but yeah i uh no i think that the bills um they're playing like i said like their playoff lives depend on it and you know the emergence of james cook has been a godsend for this team because now you can have Oh yeah, absolutely. Now you can have games like this where Josh Allen throws 15 times and has 94 passing yards or whatever it was and <clears throat> they win. Whereas previously, if Josh Allen's only throwing for 94 passing yards, they're getting dog walked. <laughs> yeah, if if you would have told me that he threw for 94 yards, I would have assumed that the Cowboys were the ones up 31 to 3 at one point. Yeah. Yeah. It was 31 to 3 at one point. I would assume that they were the ones up and that Josh Allen got benched at some point. Like, right. I would not have assumed the other way around. Right. 
Right. So Josh Allen had he was seven of fifteen. So he completed seven passes. That's some like twenty nineteen Ryan Tannehill numbers where he had eighty eight passing yards, <laughs> but Derrick Henry had three hundred rushing yards. Um, he was seven of fifteen for ninety four yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, um, and then he was only sacked one time for nine yards. Um, his O line played a lot better this game. Uh, the big stat is James Cook got 25 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> then you had Ty Johnson, who had nine carries for 54 yards. I have no idea who that is. Um, Josh Allen carried the ball eight times for 24 yards. But again, he's had games this season where he's carried the ball 15 times for 80 yards. And you, you can't have that. <laughs> um you had Latavius Murray with five carries for 11 yards, and then they put poor Kyle Allen in there to take two knees and lose two yards. <laughs> um, you know, I think James Cook emerging the way he has, if he can keep up that level of consistency, Buffalo is a dangerous team. Dangerous. Because Dallas is good. Like, I'm not, like, I, I, I didn't learn anything about Dallas in this game that I didn't already know. They're a good team. They're coming off a very emotional win on Philly uh, against Philly. It was, I think, it was it a shorter week? Were they the Monday night football game or were they Sunday night? That was, that was Sunday night. Yeah, okay. Because the Monday night where we had the two games. Right, that's right. Um, yeah, they're coming off the emotional Philly win. Um, they're on. They're on the road. They've not been a historically good road team this season, <clears throat> and they got behind early um and as we all know Dak does not play well from behind Dak was 21 for 34 with 134 yards and an interception my takeaway on the Cowboys here is that I think that uh taking the Dallas Dallas money line over Miami is probably one of the best bets you could make I know they're away that game but they're coming off an ugly loss and they have something to prove I think that they are they are a lot better than how they played against Buffalo. They just played like a team that wasn't ready to play. Like that that was what I that was my takeaway was they just didn't look ready. So Yeah, are you are you done? Yeah, sorry. That was it. <laughs> okay. Alright. Uh yeah, I'll start with Dallas. Um this was the most surprising game of the weekend. Absolutely. Um, I expect I expect this to be the... like twenty seven twenty four or like thirty one twenty seven. Yeah, but at the same time, it wasn't, if that makes sense. No, I'm with you. Um, yeah, Dallas is, like, like it makes sense, but it doesn't. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it makes sense, and, like, know, this is exactly what you would expect from Dallas based on what we've seen this year, and historically, but it doesn't make sense in that Dallas is better than how they played. Yeah. Like, given Dallas, how Dallas has played the last four weeks, you would have expected this to be a close game. Oh, yeah. Um, I certainly don't expect James Cook I, to run for 180. <laughs> like, no. No. Um, but, you know, Dallas is 7-0 and at home, and they're 3-4 and on the road. And those three road wins are Carolina, the Giants, and the Chargers. The, uh, let's not sit here and act like any of those teams are going to the Super Bowl. They're out there garbage. Um, all, all three meanwhile, they've been, I believe, are eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, 
sorry. Meanwhile, they have been absolutely shelled on the road by San Francisco, Arizona, and now Buffalo. With, you know, they had a close loss to Philly earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I also, because I was so adamant about this two weeks ago, I think I should speak on my statement that I made a few weeks ago about Dak winning MVP. Um, I don't know if I think that anymore. Um, you know, I know it's oh, it's, it's one bad game, but you know, if we take a deep dive into into his stats, like on the road versus at home, you know, he he's played seven games at home, seven games on the road. So there's no skew in this data. Like it's no. there's the exact same amount of games at home. Dak averages 303 yards per game. On the road, 216. An 87-yard difference. At home, Dak has thrown 20 touchdowns. On the road, 8. Once again, this is in 7 games. At home, he's thrown 2 interceptions. On the road, 5. At home, he has a passer rating... Of 122.5. On the road, 84.2. Almost 40 points difference in his passer rating. Clearly, he is not the same quarterback in different environments away from home. And if he can't compose himself on the road, and they don't find a way to win the division, and they have to go on the road first round in the playoffs to probably Tampa, with the way Tampa's playing... They might be a one and done team this year. It's possible. It, if if they don't figure it out, if they don't figure out how to play on the road, and if they don't win the division, if those two things happen, they might be one and done this year. Yeah. And that being said, I think that, um, and I'll <clears throat> I'll touch on this later, but I I, I think that, um, like I said, this, I mean, they are still ten and four. And with the way Philly's playing, too, I mean, the division is suddenly very much back in reach. It shouldn't be, but it is. Um, and, you know, I like I like the Dolphins at Miami. Or, I mean, I, I like the Dolphins. I like the Cowboys at Miami. I think the Cowboys will win that one just because they came out, coming off a bad loss. Um, they have been really good this year coming off of bad losses. Uh, I mean, they lost... They lost to the Cardinals, and then I mean, to be fair, it was the Patriots. But they beat the Patriots thirty-eight to three. The 49ers ran them off the field. They won a weird game against the Chargers. <clears throat> um. Then they lost to the Eagles, and then they made the Cal or they made the Giants uh, decide to become a basketball team instead. Uh, and then we'll see how they bounce back against the Bills, but um. I like them, and I like against them Dolphins. Like, yeah, did I say did I say bounce back against the Bills? Yeah, I meant after, after the Bills. Yeah, I meant after. <laughs> um, speaking of the Bills, you know, as for Buffalo, like as a Cincy fan, I wanted to see them lose just because that you know helps us with our playoff picture. Um, and there's still but, you know, there is still the way that in which it, you both make it. So no, there is, there is. Um, I don't want Buffalo to make it, but. Just because I think they're a good team and I wouldn't want to play them, but the odds of us playing each other four, six, and seven are very high anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know the way that they went out there and just played mash mouth football, 
it was incredible. First of all, I mean, that is trade Dallas the Titans. Don't ever say that again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, that was the Titans like whole no, I, I, years was like exotic smash mouth football. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, Dallas's defense, I think they're going to be having nightmares for the rest of the season about seeing Josh Allen hand the ball off to James Cook. Bro, they better still, I, they they better keep still them up be running stadiums after that. That was, that was <laughs> I mean, 180 yards to one guy. Yeah. And I mean, Dallas had like 250 rushing yards as a team. That's the thing. Like, Josh Allen was their third leading rusher, like 25. Yeah. Like, let's not sit here. Like, James Cook is good, but let's not sit here and act like he's, you know, Nick Chubb or or CMC or your prime Derrick Henry. I mean, he might be. Let's be honest. He's kind of taken off, but yeah. I'm still with you. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they didn't ask Josh Allen to be Superman and go save them, you know, 25 times this game. Instead, they said, Josh, we're going to run the ball. You know, we, we're going to need a couple plays from you here and there, but nothing crazy. They asked him to be 2018 and... Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and look where it got him. Um, a great win. But, you know, like, I, I've been saying this all year that this is their recipe for success. Like, I think that they can challenge Miami for the division, given both teams' remaining schedule. And if that's the case, this is going to get messy down the stretch in the AFC. Like, if they find a way to to claw back and win that division and Miami falls to a wild card team, it's going to get real messy. Yeah. Um, That's about all I had. Side note. Can you imagine if uh, Buffalo had done what I suggested earlier in the year and they had traded for Derrick Henry and then they had Derrick Henry and James Cook? Whew. Curtains. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be running for 500 yards a game. They'd be oh, doing man. like what Miami did to Denver. Josh Allen ends a game one for two for 18 yards. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like, I just, Buffalo is one of those teams that we wrote off because why wouldn't you have with the way they played earlier this year? And they didn't write back or they wrote back, but before they sent the letter, they ripped it up instead. And um, all of a sudden, uh, which obviously we'll get to a little later in tears, but all of a sudden Buffalo might low key be inching their way back into one of the like scary, like could potentially at least be in the conversation as a contender. Cause like this Buffalo team right now, I don't know that there are many teams out there besides save maybe Baltimore and, and uh, San Francisco that are just like, yeah, we want Buffalo. There's not too many teams out there that I'm I'm confident in that would be like, yeah, we got this. Give us Buffalo. Right. We want Alabama. We want Bama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> On to our final recap. Seattle and Philly. What a shocking game, Justin. Truly, what a shocking game. Yeah. Uh, Seattle upsets Philly twenty to seventeen. Uh, after. Drew Locke has the game, the drive, the throw, the minute of his life. Um, <clears throat> watching him emotional after the game, talking about that was like genuinely heartwarming. It was one of those moments where I was like, "Aw, like he still sucks, but aw." <laughs> 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 on a serious note, on a serious note, do you remember or do you remember last year where they were talking about? Um, 
whenever you're talking about Geno Smith playing well, and then uh, I think it was, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was, but somebody just took a random shot at Drew Locke, and they were like, you see that man on the sideline right there? Here's one of the keys to Seattle's success. That man is Drew Locke. As long as he's standing there on the sidelines, that means that uh, Geno Smith is playing well, and you don't have to have Drew Locke <laughs> as your quarterback. And I was like, dude, that man's just standing there minding his own business. And you're gonna roast him like that? What do you say, F. Mifo? I think it was. I think it was during the Broncos Seattle game, like game one last year. Maybe. But I'm just sitting there like. What what did that man do? <laughs> like, come on. He's just vibing. Yeah, he was literally sitting there holding his clipboard, like talking to one of his teammates, and has no idea that the announcer is just like crapping on his entire family. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Philly man, that was. We didn't get the uh, opportunity because I messed up the audio for the podcast last week. We didn't really get the opportunity to truly talk about Philly and how bad that loss was to the Cowboys. This one was worse. I know Jalen Hurts. I agree. I know Jalen Hurts was sick, flew separate from the team, whatever. But at the same time, it's like we always say, that's like we always say about basketball players, right? If you're out there, no excuses. If you're out there, you it doesn't matter what you're going through, like you're out there, you should play. Like you should you can't use it as an excuse. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, he played like he was having some, some like fever hallucinations out there, man. He threw seventeen to thirty-one. And ghost. Yeah, seventeen to thirty-one, hundred forty-three yards and two touchdowns. Or no, not two touchdowns. Sorry, two interceptions, including one where he like just threw up a punt. Like he he had a check down to Kenneth Gainwell that probably wins them the game. And instead, he pulled his best. Um, he pulled his best uh, Mitch Trubisky impre- uh, impression and um, just, I mean, threw that ball 60 yards down the field. It wasn't quite 60, but threw that ball down the field. It got picked off. Jalen Hurts did have thir- 13 carries for 82 yards and then two touchdowns. And then DeAndre Swift had 18 carries for 74. And then Kenneth Gainwell had six carries for 21 and, uh, and no, this is not me misspeaking. Dallas Goddard had one carry for one yard. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't stutter. Yeah, I did not stutter. Um, this was just not a good game for the Eagles. I mean, honestly, their passing game, bad. 143 passing yards. Uh, and, I mean, it's not for a lack of attempts. They had 17 receptions, but they had 30 targets. Like, it just it was not a good game for anybody. <laughs> um, as far as the Seahawks go, like I said, Drew Locke, probably the game of his life. That man threw 22 of 33, 208 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Kenneth Walker had 86 rush yards. DK Metcalf, five catches, 78 yards. Uh, JSN had four catches for 48 and a touchdown. Like, it was just a great game all around for Seattle. Um Seattle's one of those teams where they're seven and seven. The only reason we're even talking about them is because they're in the NFC. <laughs> because if they were in the AFC and they were seven and seven, you might as well just eliminate them now. Kind of what we're doing to Denver and Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, Denver. I mean, they had the chance. It was right there, and then they let Russ cook too much, and he 
he burnt the burnt the cereal. You know, Wait, you don't cook cereal. Yeah, that's the joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like them cartoons where somebody like pours the milk into the cereal and then all of a sudden the toaster just catches on fire for some reason. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's Russ in the kitchen. Yep. Um, you know, I think if you're Seattle, it's hard for me to see how they're doing with Drew Locke and like how they've done with Gino and not think that like you said, there needs to be a move made for a quarterback. I just don't know. That They're you, quarterback away, man. They they really are, because I don't think Gino is your answer. I think what Gino did last year was a heartwarming, wonderful story. Gino's not the guy, and that's okay. Like Gino has been a phenomenal bridge piece, but I think that that is at best, that is his ceiling. Is he's a bridge piece. <clears throat> Those were kind of all of my thoughts for uh, that game. It just really rough outing for the Eagles. Um, their defense, I, that was not you, – you can't you – can't, you can't let Drew Locke beat you. Come on. <clears throat> I mean, we were talking about Philly as yeah. a top three defense at the start of the year. You, you cannot let Drew Locke beat you. Yeah, um <clears> – <throat> You know, this defense has kind of been a concern since the start of the year. Uh, I mean, I know going into the season, we thought it was going to be top three. But, I mean, I was looking through through my notes from earlier podcasts, and it was talking about they let Mac Jones throw for 300 yards. And that game was close. Like, yeah. That they are not going to be able to get away with that defense if they have to play a good passing offense like Detroit, a good passing offense like uh, San Francisco. Honestly, the way that they played last week, Tampa Bay. For like, real. Like, that's the thing. They, they, they can't get away with playing <laughs> defense the way that they're playing. And, you know, this was, this was Matt Patricia's uh, debut as, you know, the play caller on the defensive side. It wasn't. It wasn't any better. It was just as bad as it has been for the entire season. Yeah, I think. So, <clears throat> I think it's a. It's potentially. A, I mean, I didn't think losing C.J. Gardner Johnson made that much of a difference, but holy crap! Yeah, maybe and, it did. <clears throat> Kevin Byard. I, this is part of the reason why I think it's coaching is because Kevin Byard. He did lose a step when he was on the Titans, but he was not just ineffective. He was the. He was one of the ones that that came out and spoke out against their uh, defensive coordinator saying that he needs to stop calling plays because situationally it, they just weren't good enough. Like the plays just weren't good enough for him. Yeah. So, so just, mm. I definitely worry about that, that Philly secondary specifically. Um, you know, I think the front seven's probably, probably good. Um, but that secondary scares me, you know, and, and the way that Jalen Hurts is playing right now, it's not great. I mean, this is his worst year in for turnovers. I mean, he's obviously and... he's obviously not healthy, and he's dealing with sickness, injury, all of that. But if that's the case, then he needs to stay on the sideline because he's not doing his team any good currently. Or they need to, you know, like at, at this point, they need to they need to see what Marcus Mariota can do because, like I said, Jalen Hurts as of right now, and you know, if we want to blame it on the injury or sickness, that's perfectly fine because that is a valid point. But it's just not getting the job done these last what, three weeks. Yeah, and I mean, 
you said we need to see what Marcus Mariota can do. I mean, we watched him take the Titans to the playoffs and beat the Chiefs. I mean, granted, that was the Alex Smith-led Chiefs, but, I mean, they weren't anything to sneeze at. They were, <clears throat> they were really good. They had Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, Mar- Marcus Mariota carried a Titans team that had no business being in the playoffs to in the, in the hunt for, like, four straight years, and then they made the playoffs two of those. Um. You know, say say what you will about the way his tenure there ended and the way things happened in Atlanta and all that. I mean, he is a very serviceable backup, and I mean, at this point, I would rather have a one hundred percent Jalen Hurts going into the playoffs than to keep marching out, whatever that is. <clears throat> and um, they're trying to play him as if he's a hundred percent, and that's how they're calling plays, and it's very clearly not working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So something's off. As for Seattle, um, you know, I thought this was a huge win for them. I think they desperately needed it. I still don't think they're getting into the playoffs um, because they lost both games against the Rams. Yeah. Um, and Minnesota currently occupies that other spot. I just think it's a tough, tough ask for them to go win two of their next three to get in. Yeah, um, I agree. It's um... yeah, that's kind of all I have. It's definitely one of those things for Seattle where um, it's one of those like you got a good win, um, but like we said, quarterback away. I just don't see, I don't see a situation in which um, they, I don't, I don't think they make the playoffs. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's kind of all I had. Are you are you ready? I am ready. Um. I didn't have time to make graphics for this, like I said I was going to, but um, we finally have some kind of fun little names for the tiers. Um, <clears throat> so, Justin is going to unveil these as groups. It's still kind of the same. The ones that don't matter, as well, I, don't matter is kind of rude. The ones that aren't good, he's not going to give details on every team. He may highlight a team in each section or kind of give reasoning for why they're there, but outside of that it'll still pretty be, much just the top 10 it'll still be the same way top but, 10 is the one we'll give details for right so um here we go 26 to 32 we have the bottom feeders justin take it away all right our bottom feeder teams uh not a whole lot of movement down here i will say the bottom five stayed the same uh 32 is carolina 31 the washington commanders 30th the new england patriots uh, 29, the Arizona Cardinals, and 28, the New York Giants, 27, the Los Angeles Chargers, and rounding out this bottom feeder group, that would be the New York Jets. All right. <clears throat> so aptly named because <laughs> they're the bottom of the league. <clears throat> they're really bad. <laughs> yes, sir, they are. Uh, the 20, now we go from that to 20 to 25, we have the several pieces away tier. All right. Uh, coming in at 25, starting off this several pieces away group, uh, that's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, 24, I have the Chicago Bears. 23, the Tennessee Titans. Yes, sir. Uh, 20, there it is. <laughs> uh, 22, the Las Vegas Raiders. And 21, I have the New Orleans Saints rounding out that group. Okay, so that one will be 21 to 25 then. 
Um, yeah, the next one's 16 to 20, by the way. Gotcha. Yeah, thanks. Um, sorry, I messed up the labeling a little bit there, guys. But, um, yeah, you said the Titans are several pieces away. Uh, that would be the entire O-line. Um, <laughs> so next group, we have uh, the knocking on the door tier. Um, and so that'll be uh, 16 to 20. All right. Uh, so coming in at 20, I have the Green Bay Packers. Coming in at number 19, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 18, the Seattle Seahawks after their win. 17, the Minnesota Vikings. And coming in at number 16, rounding off this group, is the Los Angeles Rams. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I, I see... There it is. I, was say, I see in my notes you deleted my tier name. Um, so we have... Um, 11 to 15 is going to be uh, the right in the mix here. Uh, all right. Coming in at 15, I have the Denver Broncos um, after their loss. Uh, 14, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. 13, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 12, the Houston Texans. And number 11, just missing out of the top 10, the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to tell you right now, I would flip the Broncos and the Rams in a heartbeat. But um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, 6 to 10 is what we call in cross country the chase pack. All right. <clears throat> so coming in at number 10, I have the Cleveland Browns. Um, look, I think that Kevin Stefanski should be the front runner for coach of the year, honestly. Uh, he's won nine games with four different quarterbacks. He's had injuries everywhere. And yet here they sit with sole possession of the five seed in the muddled AFC playoff picture. Somehow, some way they continue to find playoff or they can, they continue to find ways to win games. And I've said it all year that that is a sign of a good team. And he's done it. And, and the, the Browns have done this with four different quarterbacks now. So, uh, Brown's coming in at 10. I mean, they, they pulled, they pulled Joe Flacco off his lawnmower and he is out there winning games. <laughs> off the streets. <clears throat> All right. All right. That's number nine. <laughs> coming in at number nine. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Who day? Um, after their 27, 24 win over the Vikings, um, you know, the Bengals, similarly to the Browns, they continue to find ways to win games. They had to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to do so, but they found a way. Um, they now sit comfortably in the sixth seed with three weeks left. They get Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and home against Cleveland to close. I think two wins in that group gives them a shot, and I think if they win all three, they're a lock. Um so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how their season plays out down the stretch. But Bengals at nine. I don't hate it. I think they are slowly earning uh, my respect that high in your listing as, as the season goes on. <laughs> I've won three straight. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you put them up that high after, I think, what was it, their second win in that group? You had them at... Yeah, I, I, put, them, I put them that high last week, and they yeah. didn't move. And I was like... But now we're good, so. Yeah. All right, coming in at number eight, I have the Kansas City Chiefs uh, after their 27-17 win against New England. 
Um, you know, I thought this was a good bounce back win for the Chiefs. I, I think they just very much needed this. Um, and, you know, I think they're going to win out. They have a really easy schedule. And the, uh, the way that the Dolphins and the Jags are playing, they might get the two seed, which I hate. But um, Chiefs at eight, that's kind of all I have to say about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think we kind of touched on a lot of their issues earlier um, and stuff that they need. I just, the Chiefs, I just, I think eight's probably a pretty good spot for them because, I mean, they're good. I don't think there's any denying that. But they're also not a team that I'm like, yeah, they're winning the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah. <clears throat> like, I think they're on that Super Bowl, like, fringe bubble. <clears throat> I agree. That's, the way, that's what I would consider them. Uh, all right, coming in at seven, I have the Philadelphia Eagles after their twenty to seventeen loss against Seattle. Um, look, this was their third loss in a row, and uh, I mean that's their eighth straight loss against Seattle. But, um, you know they had they had a chance to get get back with the division um, and, and get back the lead um, with Dallas losing, but that's not the case. I do still think they're going to win the NFC East just because of their schedule that they have. Um, but I just don't think this team is nearly as good as we thought through the first 12 weeks of the season. So um, I have the Eagles at seven. Yeah, I agree. I think that they've taken a fall from grace since our uh, whole, uh, they're the unquestioned number one team take. Um, I think the 49ers had, uh, had a couple issues with that and, just wrong so yeah they, um, they took that personally sorry spoiler alert but um I, I, <laughs> <laughs> right. breaking news yeah um all right coming in at number six um after their 31 to 10 loss against buffalo i have the dallas cowboys um look i mean i know we touched on it this is what dallas is i know i praised them with their good wins um that they had but this is just a different team on the road and unfortunately for them, they are more than likely going to be on the road their entire playoff run. Um, if I had to guess, they're, they're going to have to go on the road to Tampa. If they win that, they'll probably have to go on the road probably to San Francisco. And if it's not San Francisco, it's going to be Philly. And if they happen to win that, it's going to be the other way around. So I, I just don't see... <clears throat> I just don't see the, the I just, I just with the fact of how or how bad they are on the road. I just don't see them making any noise in the playoffs. Um, so Cowboys at six. This Cowboys team is weird because on any given Sunday, they are either one and done in the playoffs, or damn, this team could win the Super Bowl. And there's like no in between. Yeah, there's no in between with them. Yeah, like, and I think that will ultimately be their downfall. Um, I still, like, I right now would still pick them to go to the NFC Championship game. I would, but that's just because I, you know, I like to stick to my guns as far as takes like that. So, you know, if it ends up on hit or miss, whatever. But, um, I just, like you said, it's one of those, I can't imagine that, you know, they're going to lose to the 49ers in the same way they did. And honestly, if they rem- if they rematched the 49ers in the playoffs, I would almost be willing to take them over the 49ers if I had to bet. <clears throat> Just because you'd like, you, you got to think, 
they're not going to lose. Surely they're not going to lose to the same team, what, six straight times, something like that? Yeah. Like, sh- like surely not. But then, of course, as soon as I say that, Cowboy's going to Cowboy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right, coming in at top five. So this the top, is the... Uh, yeah. It's the uh, true... You got it. Yeah, hold on. Sorry, I exited out of my notes there. Um, yeah, top five tier is, of course... The contenders. Yeah, so the top five, these are teams that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I would bet on to win the Super Bowl, but if they did, I won't be shocked. Um, so coming in at number five, I have the Buffalo Bills after their win over Dallas. Who? Um, <laughs> look, they might be the hottest team in the AFC right now. Um, like, they like won earlier, a game. Know. Yeah. They won a game by a wide margin, and they didn't ask Josh Allen to, you know, play Superman. And, you know, I touched on this earlier. I said this all year, that their their recipe for success is limiting how much Josh Allen has to do. And if he can just make the plays when he's asked to make the plays, instead of having to, you know, go off script and be something amazing... <clears throat> They're going to win a lot of games, and we're seeing that. So uh, I have Buffalo at five. Yeah, I think <clears throat> the ideal situation for the Bills is exactly how they won, right? It's James Cook or whoever your running game is has a really great day. Josh Allen doesn't have to be a hero. He just has to make a couple of big plays, and you get that, you have a recipe for success. Um, Buffalo is very quickly becoming one of those teams that is catching fire at the right time. And it would not at all shock me if they have like a 2021 Cincinnati-esque or 2021, 2022 Cincinnati-esque run. For sure. Uh, All right. Coming in at number four, I have the Miami Dolphins after their 30 to nothing win over the Jets. Um, Look, I mean, their offense smashed a pretty decent Jets defense without Tyreek. And I think their defense has played much better. Um, you know, you take out the last three minutes of that Titans game and, you, you know, you take that out. And in, in the last five games, so you're talking not 300 minutes, but the last, you know, 297 minutes of gameplay minus the three minutes against the Titans, they've given up 54 points. Like, this is a, it's a good defense. They, they've definitely stepped up in the last five weeks. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Titans game was a bit of a fluke for their defense. Um, but I have Dolphins at four. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I think the Dolphins, I mean, obviously it's the Jets, and they have a lot of dysfunction going on. But like we say, that is still an NFL team. We're not talking about the Patriots. It's still hard to win. You know, it's still hard to win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch that. Patriots out here, <laughs> Patriots out here catching strays for no reason. Uh, I mean, they're not the Chargers. So, like, you know, it is, <laughs> it, it, you know, it is still an NFL team. And the Jets' defense is actually, like, I mean, they're, they're decent. Like, I think they, yeah. they, they're better than how they've played recently. Um, but to go out there and do that without Tyreek, I think that shows that um, – the Dolphins can still be good even without Tyreek. Um, you know, I know, 
I think it was different in the Titans game in that they lost Tyreek during the game as opposed to approaching the game without him. Um, and so, plus I just, the Dolphins would have been one of the safest bets I think you could have made. Coming off of a loss like yeah. that against the Titans, that's that's one of the best bets you could have made. Because, I mean, the Dolphins aren't yeah. going to lose another game like that. And like you said, take that three minutes out <clears throat> that they uh, blew that lead to the Titans. And this is a very dominant team. So, I like it. Yeah. All right, coming in at number three, I have the Detroit Lions. Um, look, they just needed this win desperately. And it was not just a win. It was a thrashing of the Broncos. Um, you know, they had had some iffy performances the last couple weeks, and they dominated this Denver team who was, I mean, they were 6-1 and one over their, their previous seven games. They were, they were a hot team. Um. You know, they, they needed to prove that they could still beat those good teams. Uh, I think they needed to prove it to themselves, um, kind of after they had faltered a little bit. And, you know, they they did just that. They got right back on track um, and, and proved why they're still one of the best teams in the league this year um, and, and can contend for an <laughs> NFC Championship or a Super Bowl this year. So, Lions at three. A uh, quick aside, to quote the great uh, Harlan Holmes, who is one of my really good friends, uh, the Bronco, the poor Broncos have just been on the ass end of too many ass kickings this year. <laughs> they really have. Like, how many times have we said they got yeah. thrashed this year? It's been it's been a couple. Um, too many. Yeah. You know, the Lions, like you said, I think this was the exact kind of win that they needed at the right time. Um this is one of those games that was, you know, if they lose this game, you kind of start to look at them as, oh, are they a little bit fraudulent? You know, are they are they going to unravel here? But I think this was exactly, like you said, the kind of game they needed. You know, I thought that they had a very good, clean game, and um, it's the kind of game that makes me confident in them moving forward that they could still potentially do something big in the playoffs this year. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, coming in at number two. I have the Baltimore Ravens after their 23-7 to win uh, over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they've won eight of their last nine, and I think, you know, I, I know that I said Buffalo is the hottest team. I think the Ravens are clearly the most dominant team in the AFC. Okay. Um, but we'll see how dominant they really are uh, coming up this week because they play none other than number one San Francisco this week. Super Bowl preview um, question mark? I think it could be. You know, I think it's easy to say that because they're both number one, but <laughs> if you look at how the both teams are playing, it's hard not to pick them. Um, but yeah, San Francisco at one, you know, another dominant performance. They're healthy, and when they're healthy, nobody's hanging with their stuff. Um, you know, I, I think Brock Purdy's probably secured the MVP as of right now. But we'll see how that changes over the next three weeks. Um, so there you go. There you have it. Ravens 2, Niners 1. We'll get to see how that plays out this week. It'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, go over your biggest riser, biggest faller. Yeah, my biggest riser this week uh, is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders after their dominant win. Uh, they jumped from 27 to 22. And my biggest faller... It's going to be the Broncos after their, like you said, ass-kicking. Um, they dropped from 10th to 15th. Man. So both teams moving uh, five spots. Had a plus-minus five there. Um, yeah. 
Well, that that concludes uh, everyone's favorite segment on uh, our podcast. The reason why you listen, as Justin likes to say. Justin, um, good job, man. I, I thanks. The only, like I said, any qualms with it? The only gripe that I had was that I think I would put the Rams over the Broncos, but outside of that, I mean, there's nothing really, uh, nothing really on here that hurts my uh, hurts my feelings too much. So. Yeah, I mean, if you if the one gripe that you have is flipping two teams one spot, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's a good week. Can't so. be that bad. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, arguably my favorite segment that we do on this podcast, and that yeah, is yeah, it's a good one. Hit or miss, you know, the segment where we revisit our old takes and either applaud ourselves for being right or laugh at ourselves for being stupid <laughs> uh since you just got your big monologue with the uh, tears i will start us off so uh i'll start off with my hits um and then i'll do my misses and then we'll get on to yours so hit number one for me in week 13 i changed course on cincinnati i admitted my wrongs uh originally in week 11 i had said that they would pick top 10 in the draft which to be fair you lose a quarterback like joe burrow you have an unproven backup in jake browning who could have blamed me for picking that? Week 13, Jake Browning decided he was going to become the GOAT the previous week and then that week. And so I looked at it and I was like, you know what? Okay, fair enough. They are going to work their way back into playoff contention. I said that week 13 they would make the playoffs. I'm going to stand by that, but good lord do they have a hard road ahead. <laughs> they have at Pittsburgh, they have at Kansas City, and then they are home against Cleveland to round out their season. So... It's a tough road, but if anyone can do it, it's the Bengals. Um, so yeah, that's hot take number, or that was uh, my hit number one. Hit number two was not actually like a hot take over reaction. I don't think that I made, um, but it was one of my uh, season awards picks, and that is that D'Amico Ryan's uh, is co- going to be coach of the year. <clears throat> Look, I think for me, this Titans win or the, the win over the Titans that the Texans had kind of solidifies it for me because you lose C.J. Stroud, you've already lost Tank Dell for the year. Um, Nico Collins, I think, was out that game. Um, you would have chalked that up as a win for the Titans, and the Titans were up 13-0. And the Texans clawed back, and, I mean, it was an ugly win. I'm not going to lie to you. I was nauseous watching the Titans play offense because – it like literally will levis will get the ball and then he has to run for his life every play but that's not about the texans so D'Amico ryan's has taken a team that won three games last year and they are right in the mix for the playoffs um you know i think cj stroud kind of drops out of the mvp conversation for me because he got hurt i hate that for him but like unfortunately you have to take it happened to Jalen Hurts last year right you have to take health into consideration I mean he's going to end up I think missing two games so um yeah I think D'Amico Ryan's though even if they even if they miss the playoffs but they go 10 and 7 I don't see how you have an argument that he's not coach of the year um you know there may be there may be someone that uh you potentially will bring up later that could possibly challenge him for that. But my pick right now would be D'Amico Ryans. And now for Justin's favorite part of this segment, where I was wrong. <laughs> my misses. None of these 
none of these were as egregious as the Baltimore Ravens will miss the playoffs. I would just like to just like to throw that out. That's there. the biggest miss of the year. Yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, miss number one for me. I said that the Bengals would pick top ten in the draft. Technically, I could still not be wrong. They might trade, but um, they are now uh, in the wild card hunt with three weeks to go. Um, and to my credit, like I said a minute ago, I did change course on them, and uh, I called it out early once Jake Browning proved me wrong. I think that, like I said, they have a tough road. It's going to be a tough challenge to get there, but I think that they have the personnel, and Jake Browning is playing well enough that if they play their brand of football and they stick to it i think they could make it the question for me is going to be against cleveland that's that's going to be the the real tough one for me i think i think pittsburgh i nothing about pittsburgh scares me right now um even their defense has kind of been a little iffy outside of tj watt um honestly kansas city like if, if any year is the year to upset them it's this year <laughs> You know, I know Nick Wright is like, well, Jake Browning's not going to upset Kansas City. I, I think he could. <laughs> uh, Cleveland, on the other hand, their defense is freaking awesome, um, and it, it's going to be a tough outing. Uh, plus, Cleveland always plays Cincinnati like it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and then my second miss, uh, <clears throat> just calling myself out here, I sold my James Harden Clippers stock very quickly. Again, kind of one of those who could blame me kind of deals. They lost like eight straight when he started there, or six straight, or something like that. It was it was it was bad. They looked bad. Um, but to their credit, they figured it out. Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench, uh, and they look great. James Harden just had thirty. He was doing snow angels on the court. Um, like I said, they've won eight straight games, and he's playing awesome. So uh, that is definitely somewhere I missed. And uh, yeah, the Clippers are. I, I'm still not ready to pick them to do anything. But I think that they have a path to figuring it out and being a good team with James Harden. So those are my hit or miss. Justin, please give us uh, your hits. All right. Uh, in week 11, I said that the Indianapolis Colts will make the playoffs, and I still believe I am correct in saying that. Uh, with three weeks to go, they currently sit with the seventh seed, um, and then they have to go on the road to Atlanta. Uh they have home against the Raiders and home against the Texans, uh, both or all three of which I think are winnable games. Um, so, you know, I won't be shocked if this team goes 11 and six and makes the playoffs. Um, my second hit that I had is that in week two, yes, all the way back in week two, um, that's how far I, far back I had to dig for this one. That's the last time he hit. I said that the Tampa Bay, Pretty much. Um, <laughs> no, I said that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win the NFC South um, and make the playoffs. And, you know, they currently sit at 7-7. Seven and seven. They're leading their division with three weeks left. And I think they're going to make a push for it and ultimately win it. Um, I know it's the NFC South, and it's, you know, the NFC South is basically <laughs> the <laughs> basically Conference USA. But uh, besides that, I mean... You know, Tampa Tampa's gonna win that division. Speaking of Conference USA, WKU just had like a crazy comeback win in their bowl game. Um Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the winning the NFC South is like that meme that you see of like that dude who's like biting his metal, spraying champagne everywhere, and then it zooms out and he's like eighth on the like victory podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, all right, time for my misses. Um, you know, in in week nine, I said that the Buffalo Bills would miss the playoffs, and you're going to hear why I'm wrong on that uh, coming up in the next section. Hey, they took that personally. They did. Um, my second miss is that in week 13, I said that the Houston Texans would win the AFC South. And, you know, it is still possible that they do that. Um, I just think with CJ Stroud being hurt, us maybe not having a clear timetable on his return with that concussion, yeah. it's hard for me to sit here and confidently say that they have a shot. Um, you know, especially when their last game is at Indy. If that game is at home, maybe you give them the nod. But I think with that game being at Indy, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tall ask. So those are my misses. Honestly, not not super egregious. Um, yeah, no, I, I love, I really do love hit or miss though because it's like part of, like obviously I know we're not like super big media journalists anything like that, but like part of our responsibility with like a podcast is taking accountability for our takes and owning up to when we're wrong and then, you know, celebrating when we're right because not to toot our own horn, but you know so um <clears throat> yeah before we get on to the hot takes over reactions i uh <laughs> opened twitter just a second ago and saw that uh eagles cornerback james bradbury allowed every single catch on the seahawks game winning 92 yard drive yeesh <laughs> yeesh <laughs> sorry yeesh, that's not great sorry justin downs uh okay <laughs> moving on to hot takes um <clears throat> so We'll just kind of trade off here. I'll give one, you give one, I'll give one, you give one. We'll call it a day. Um, my first hot take is that, uh, you ready for this? Um, Justin Downs, you just just turn it off, man. Uh, Dallas will win the NFC East. The Eagles have the easier schedule, but I actually think that's going to play against them. Um, because... I think that very easily one of these games against the Giants or the game against the Cardinals could be a trap game. I mean, we watched the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals earlier in the year. And Kyler Murray right now is playing like a man who does not want to be replaced at quarterback. <laughs> like, even in their losses, he's playing really well. Um, I know some of that's garbage time stats, whatever. Um, the Cowboys, like I said, they have that game coming up against Miami, and I think that they win that game because they're coming off a bad loss, and this season they've bounced back really well against with bad losses. Then they play the Lions at home. The Cowboys are 7-0 at home. I think I, I like the Cowboys in that game. Um, and then you get the Cowboys and the Commanders, who uh, I think that game is in uh, Washington, but the Cowboys did also beat them 45-10 earlier in the year. So that game does not necessarily scare me. So the Cowboys could potentially win out here the Eagles, especially if Jalen Hurts is not healthy with one of these upcoming games, I think that there is enough film out there now of how to beat them that you could see. I mean, they just lost to Drew Locke. It's no longer out of the realm of possibilities that they could get beat by Tommy DeVito or a healthy Kyler Murray. So that was my first hot take. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, my first thought take is that Kevin Stefanski should be coach of the year. I, I just don't think that there is a coach out there that has done more with his team 
given what he has had to navigate, he's nine and five in a just stacked AFC. He's beaten nine teams with four different quarterbacks with the likes of rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson, XFL legend PJ Walker, and 38 year old Joe Flacco. He has also beaten the number one team in the AFC, the Ravens, and the number one team in the NFC, the Niners. So, given what he's had, I, and, the, and you know, the struggles that the Browns have had to go through, I think he should be coach of the year. I, I don't even think it should be close. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And honestly, I think that, for me, it's a two-person race between him and D'Amico. Like, I understand... I understand why you're saying it shouldn't be close, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but, um, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> my second hot take. This one's pretty spicy. Are you ready? Yeah. The Los Angeles Rams will make the playoffs and win a playoff game. Dang. So as it sits right now, they need they could beat the Saints. Honestly, the Saints don't really scare me that much. I think they win that game. Um, they play the Giants, who I know I called the Giants could be a potential trap game for the Eagles, but that's an in-division in rivalry, and the Giants just are not really all that good. The Rams of the last few weeks have been a completely different team than they were at the beginning of the year. They gave the Ravens all they could handle. I mean, I know they lost that game, but it went to overtime. And, you know, we look at the Ravens as, I mean, you have them ranked second. Like, they are put the, they're the number one seed in the AFC, and the Rams took them to overtime. The Rams also have key wins against, and like, they beat down the Browns, who have been a really, really great defensive team this year. Um, <clears throat> you know, they came off of that. They lost three straight to the Steelers, Cowboys, and Packers. And then they went one, two, three, four. They've gone four of their last five have been wins, and they've been big wins. Or, like, yeah, they've been big wins. Even over the Commanders, it was 28-20. Like, I think the Rams, they get into the playoffs. Um, they do play the 49ers to end the year. I mean, you, you got to chalk that one up to, the, to an L unless the 49ers just decide to rest everybody. <laughs> um, Which, I mean, if they have a lead in the for the one seed, they, may, they might. They might. And, I mean, you know, so – I'm going to say the Ravens go, or the Ravens. I'm going to say the Rams go nine and eight here, which in the NFC is going to be good enough to be a wild card team. And then um, I think they get in, and I think they're going to be honestly a sneaky tough out for whoever they match up with, especially if that, if, especially if that second seed ends up being Philly or Dallas or even Detroit. Any, however that shakes out, whichever the, whoever the two seed ends up being, if the Rams are seven, that's a tough out. So, yeah, second hot take. The Rams will make the playoffs and win a playoff game. Wow. <clears throat> All right. Uh, touching back on why I said that, you know, one of my big misses with that was that the Bills were going to miss the playoffs. Um, I'm going to change course here and say that I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. Um, looking at their schedule, they have the Chargers and the Patriots in their next two games. I mean, we just made fun of those teams for not being real NFL franchises. 
Um, and then obviously they face off against Miami in Miami week 18. Uh, that's going to be Miami. For, I think that's going to be for the division. Yeah. Uh, Miami. Meanwhile has Dallas and Baltimore. My guess is that Miami loses at least one of those. And if that's the case, week 18 will decide the division. I think they all they have to do is if Miami loses one of those and obviously Buffalo wins their two games, that game is now for the division. I think they probably lose both too, but you know, all they, all they have to do is at least lose one for the bills to have a shot. Yeah. And given how, given how the bills are playing right now, I'll back them. Yeah. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll bet on them. So that's my second hot take. Bills are going to win the AFC East. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, yeah, one of their games is against the Patriots, but also, and the Patriots did beat them earlier this year, but let's not act like this Buffalo team is the same team that lost that game. No. This is a team that has caught fire at the right time, and I, I, I stand by that. I feel like this could be a year that they make a Cincinnati-esque kind of run, especially with, like, this is the year Kansas City's having a down year. Like, this is the year if you're going to be a team that's not Kansas City, to have a run at a Super Bowl, this is the year. Because who knows how they're going to retool. Um, and, I mean, it's like, you know, like we said with the Patriots, anytime they had a down year, it's like, this is the time to do it if you're going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah. So, no, I mean, I I actually, I think I co-signed both of your hot takes. Cool. I mean, I mean, both of us, I mean, we have different picks for Coach of the Year, but I respect and I like your reasoning for why it should be Kevin's face. Stefanski. At least that's a hard name to say. <laughs> what was it you had trouble with earlier? Um, I don't remember. Anyway, I don't remember. Um, yeah, no. Even like, like we both have good reasoning for both of our coach of the year picks. So, yeah, I don't hate it. All right. Well. All right. Week fifteen was a fun one. Um, <clears throat> I'm yeah. Glad, I'm glad we're back at our usual, uh, usual podcast. Um time slot um it wasn't as fun doing the episode without you i'm not gonna lie yeah sorry about that i mean you don't have to apologize you did a two-hour episode with me <laughs> just got lost <laughs> yeah that's oh, goodness all right well on that note um you know once again thanks everyone for listening we really appreciate all of the love and support we've gotten over the last few years and uh I don't have anything to root for, so what the heck? Who day, Justin? Who day? Who day? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Who day? Who day? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Nah, the Vikings. Yeah, that's on me. I walked into that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on behalf of Justin, I'm Ben. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, wherever you get them. Also, new is uh, you can check us out on TikTok and on. Um, youtube so search for the rundown on your favorite social media app and uh, give us a follow give us a like subscribe so you don't miss an upload and uh, until next time guys have a nice day